Hey, family, if you are new here and listening to older episodes, we've made some changes. We rebranded and changed the name of the Abundant Living Podcast to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. You're in the right place, and we're glad you are listening. So enjoy this episode. One of the things that you brought up, too, was the scripture about wholeness. You know, indemnity literally means to make you whole, Mm -hmm. to bring you Mm -hmm. to where you are. When you said that, it immediately I thought of indemnity. What's to bring us back to where we are, bring us whole again. And so with that, you want to make sure that someone wants you to be whole. Welcome to the Abundant Living Podcast. I am Wesleya Echoes. And I am Willa Williams. And we are the co-founders of Trinity Financial Coaching. We host a community of Christian professional women who are guided by the principles found in Ecclesiastics chapter 7 verses 11 and 12, which says wisdom is better when paired with money, especially if you get both while you are still living. Double protection, wisdom and wealth. So every week we have conversations to energize you our wealth partners to manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. We invite you to subscribe, rate, review, and share the Abundant Living Podcast with all your friends and family. Welcome family to another episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. You know, good stewardship and managing your money confidently has to include planning for when calamity strikes, also known as risk management. And risk management is how you handle risk associated with unforeseen circumstances. And there are three different ways, I guess, you can look at risk management. One option is when calamity happens, you could either accept 100% of the financial responsibility or the loss, or you can pay someone else to take 100% of the financial responsibility of the loss, or you can share or that responsibility with another party. And really that other party that we're talking about is insurance. It is the main reason why we have insurance because one calamity, one catastrophe, one tragedy could totally wipe out your savings. It could wipe out your retirement. It could throw you into debt. And in some cases, it could even bankrupt you if you are not properly insured. And so this is why we want to talk about risk management. It would be in the phase of our coaching where we talk about elevating your net worth, because as you're elevating your net worth, you also have to protect those same assets that you are acquiring or accumulating. So our guest today is Nicole Lamar also known as the insurance diva. And she's going to take a moment right now to tell us a little bit more about who she is, what she does. And then after that, we're going to go right into our faith focus. Hi, I'm Nicole Lamar. I've been in the insurance industry. It'll be 15 years this year Mm. as a licensed sales agent. Also, I was a broker in a former life, so I'm familiar with different companies and underwriting. 
What I do basically is I help people protect what's important to them is, is in a nutshell is what insurance agents do. We just protect you and your loved ones. I love it. Protect what's important to you. And that is in line with how we go about coaching. Like our coaching is all about making sure that you're able to manage money confidently, live life purposefully, build wealth intentionally. And so as you're doing all of those things, obviously, yes, you want to protect what is important to you. So Willa, what does the word say about this? Oh, the word says a lot about difficulties in life of a believer. And those difficulties are the things that you are getting insurance for to protect yourself against. Nowhere are Christians really promised has it free lies devoid <laughs> of a disaster and difficulty. You know, Ecclesiastics is really simply says time and chance happens to them all. So we're all subject to these kinds of things. So none of us should really expect to be immune from it. But actually, we should expect to have to endure various difficulties. And again, John 16, 33 tells us in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, that's the spirit in which we want to live, knowing that, yes, it may come, but God has overcome the world. Now, we can do this knowing that God has promised that he will not allow us to suffer beyond what we are able to bear. Again, another scripture. First mm -hmm. Corinthians 10 and 13 goes on and ends up saying, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way so that you can endure it. Think about it. You have that coverage. You have this loss. You have that policy to manage it, to handle that loss. So it don't all fall on you because you were proactive. Yeah. Now, Truly taking a precautionary measure like buying insurance, it is a way to safeguard ourselves from the adverse effects of disaster. It's a principle clearly taught again in the Bible, Proverbs 27 and 12, because that tells us, I like this passage, a sensible man watches for problems ahead and prepares for them. Mm. The mm -hmm. simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. That's the Living Bible. The New Living Translation, the second part of that passage says, the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Wow. But we know that that's none of you. And so, Nicole, the insurance diva, <laughs> is here today to help us know how to and when to Get that protection under our feet. Now, carrying proper levels of insurance is also means of savings for your future. That, that's another principle emphasized in the Bible, in the parable of the ants. We all know how the ant gathers up things and prepares it. It's the same way for us. So getting that insurance, look at it also as a means of saving for your future because you don't have to buy it again. Mm -hmm because it's protected. 
it's protected. There are so many ways that insurance benefits us and so many scripture and passages in the Bible that express how we should have it, express how it protects us, and express to us how God uses that as a form of resources for us as he provides for us. So, Nicole, let's talk about some of the providers. We know we need insurance, but how do we know who to go to in order to get that policy or get that coverage? What kind of things should we be looking for? You would look for someone who is just not so concerned with price, the sale, because, you know, value, your, mm-hmm. your life doesn't have a, there's not a price on it. Mm-hmm. Your there's more that is involved with just price. So be weary of the one that's like, oh, I have the lowest, honestly, because you get what you pay for. Yes. Yes. And so also one of the things that you brought up too, with the scripture about wholeness, you know, indemnity literally means to make you whole, Mm -hmm. to bring you Mm -hmm. to where you are. When you said that, it immediately, I thought of indemnity. Mm -hmm. What's to bring us back to where we were to bring us whole again. Yeah. Yeah, And so with that, you want to make sure that someone wants you to be whole and they're not looking at you as a sale or someone that's just for their numbers, but that are, they're consulting you. They're asking you questions. They're concerned about you and what's going to protect you. So that's one of the things, someone that's that's knowledgeable and that wants to protect you completely and not just for gain and that they're not giving you coverages that you don't need and they're not, not giving you coverages that you do need just to bring down a, a premium, a, a cost to it. Mm. So those are important things to look for, I would say, in an insurance agent. I love that okay. you mentioned the the coverage and benefits in the alignment with the costs because I think a lot of people aren't sure in trying to be cost effective. They're not sure what are some of the basic benefits that they need to have to the add-ons. And so, like you said, you have different providers and different providers are listing different features, but what's going to bring you to wholeness? I guess you, so what you're saying is you need to look at your specific situation. What will bring you to wholeness and what will add, I guess, a measure of convenience in the Mm -hmm. process while whatever. Peace of mind. Yeah. And peace of mind. It's a peace of mind. Right. Exactly. So if your car is in the shop, we'll use car insurance as an example. If your car is in the shop, is it worth it to be able to have a rental car? Until the cars work while the car is worked on. Now, will that make your premium more expensive? Yes, it would. But would the cost of that be cheaper, the premium cheaper than what you would have to pay to rent a car for possibly 30 days? Because I know for a fact, my friend Willa had a car (laughs) issue and she was told that it would be almost October possibly before a park could come in. So, I mean, these are the things that we're looking at. Right now, because of supply chain shortages and all of that. So there are some benefits yeah. that that will be much Absolutely. A hundred percent. And understanding, you know, so I, I hear people all the time. They'll say, you know, I don't own I don't own 
a house so I don't really have to worry about liability mm-hmm. and those things, right? I, I don't need a renter's policy. I don't own anything. I hear people say that to me every day. I, I just, I don't own anything. Well, if you don't own very much, don't you want to protect what you do have? Isn't yeah. it going to be harder for someone that doesn't have a lot to start all over again? You know, also, even simple things like a renter's policy, there's loss of use built in that too. If there's a flood in your the rental property that you're renting, and now there's nowhere to live, you have nowhere to go. Inside in that renter's policy, you have loss of use. You have a hotel now. It's literally, it brings you whole again. So the last thing, because of people with uh, the poverty mind, you kind of, it leads you down a road of thinking you can't afford things that when really you are the people that really need those things, you know, you don't need, you know, a higher deductible. That's one of the things too. The higher the deductible, the lower the payment, right? Everyone wants to shoot those deductibles up. Well, what does that look like in the time of a loss? Are you going to be able to come up with $2,000 or a thousand, or is it easier for you to come up with the 500? Yes, you're paying a little more, but when it comes time for it, what what does that look like? Because insurance is exactly it's in case something happens. So we need to think about mm-hmm. if something happens, right? A sensible person thinks about the future. So what? why are we getting this insurance, right? It's for protection. Mm-hmm. So when it's time to be protected, what is that going to look like? And I'm glad and- that you brought up different amounts of the deductible. And for those of you who listen to us regularly, you hear us always talk about having that rainy day fund, either 500, Mm -hmm. 1000 or Mm $2,000 in your rainy day fund. And one of our reasons is because if you have to pay a deductible for, first of all, if there's anything that happens, you want to be able to cover it. But if something happens and you do need to pay the deductible, do you have that saved? And so you need to really look at, I mean, like you said, if you want cheaper premium monthly, then you need to make sure that you have at minimum $2,000 in your in your rainy day fund so that you can cover that. So I'm glad that you actually brought that up. Nicole, you brought up something else about a renter's policy. Yes. Long time ago, I had a renter's policy. Now I've got homeowners, but I had a renter's policy and I had a friend who had left some personal stuff at my house, TV, stuff like that. Well, there was a break in. Those things were taken. And because I had read the policy, I knew that any material that had been placed in my house under my care, if it had been taken away, it was covered. And I had to prove that to the insurance company. So when you have these policies, specifically renters, if you get them, read them. Don't just allow a provider to just say, here, here it is. I'm giving you, this is a good deal, da, da, da. Read your policy, read it. Mm-hmm. The, at first, the company, they didn't want to cover it. Well, that was not yours. That's theirs. No, it was in my house. It was under my care on page That's one, right. two, three, four, <laughs> under item da da da. Did it? This is what you say. There was nothing else they could say. They covered it right. and it was good. So, yeah, renters and renters insurance is not very expensive at it's all. It's not. Not so for what it comes really with. Good. Yes. 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 A lot really of times good. it comes with that hundred thousand personal liability. That's what I was going to touch on too. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you when you live in a house, you drive a vehicle, you ride anything with everything needs to be insured. Bottom line. Yeah. 
And so one of the things with the personal liability with insurance, if something happens, there's a most of the times there's at least a hundred thousand attached to that that protects you from any personal liability. If you're already struggling financially, the last thing you need to do is have owe someone money for personal liability that you've caused. So now it's all of those things that's protecting you because if yeah. something happens, you don't have the means to bring yourself whole again. So you're paying a little to cover a larger expense. Mm, yes. That's good. Homeowners, you know, at least I feel 250, 500. I'm throwing out numbers. Those numbers that I'm throwing out is your bodily injury liability limits. Insurance is broken down into three portions. Okay. There's the portion that protects others, which everyone has to have if you operate a vehicle. So I'm talking automobile now. So there's the portion that protects the other person mm-hmm. or the liability portion of the policy. Okay. There's the portion that protects yourself and your passengers in case that person does not have insurance or enough insurance for bodily injury. Mm-hmm. And then there's the portion that protects the vehicle itself. And that's your comprehensive, your collision. collision. I'm so glad you you are talking about <laughs> this because that was my next question. Because I think that is confusing to people trying yeah. to understand the breakdown of those three areas. Simple. Protects it's broad others, and incomprehensive. Reliability protects you, protects the vehicle. Okay. Right. And even with homeowner's insurance, protects the dwelling. Mm-hmm. protects others your liability right and then there's the medical payments mm-hmm, in those mm-hmm. in the other parts of the the dwelling that you add on there so there's different components but basically across the board with any insurance it's always going to be a portion that protects yourself others and the property at hand so there's going to always be the three components of an insurance policy does the right? state mandate a minimum coverage Yes, and it varies by different states. Okay. And it's crazy because places like California, theirs is lower than ours are is here in Arizona. And you would think that theirs would be a lot higher than the liability limit. The place of Tesla's, Mercedes, those in a person does not have to have more than $10,000 property damage. That's terrifying. So that's why it's important to protect yourself because what people are liable for may not. And that's where you have to have an insurance agent that doesn't tell you it's okay to have 15,000 in property damage ever. Because if you're in an accident with a Tesla, you hit a garage of someone's vehicle, it's property damage. So that could be any price. If you're, if they're just telling you 15,000, they are doing a disservice to you and you're Mm -hmm. not being completely protected because what is really $15,000? Like, there's not much that's going to 15,000 is going to cover anymore. Right. So just those things is something to look out for, but back to that. So those are the three components of the insurance policy. And so all of those things, the liability on a vehicle, anyone that drives or operates a vehicle has to have that portion. You don't even have to have insurance to protect yourself and the others in your vehicle. You're not even liable. Just the liability insurance is all you have to really cover. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not a lot when it's said and done. So it's good if you're if you have liability insurance and you're protecting the other person, 
at least have uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage because if you're protecting that other person for bodily injury, don't you care about yourself and your passengers as well? Mm. You don't want to just protect others and not protect yourself, right? Absolutely. So people will say, do I have to have that? No. Well, I don't want it. Well, if you're protecting them, don't you want to protect yourself too? And so those are the things that people have to realize, you know, it's just like, you know, if you go into a Mercedes dealership, you're not going to expect the same price of a Nissan. You're not, mm -hmm. you know, and that's with anything that's of quality or value. It is going to cost a little more, but in the end, it's going to save you so much more. Absolutely. It's just, you get it on the back, back end. Nicole, you, I have a, a, oh. another question for you about the medical coverage. Yeah. How does that play into an accident when you have an accident in your car and living in the state of Michigan had become very, very difficult because of the payouts and things because of accident. How mm -hmm. does the medical insurance on your homeowners and on your car, how do they work together? How does all that work? So, well, the, the, the homeowners doesn't really work together with the auto in that case, right? It's okay. But how it works is usually on a medical benefit, they mm -hmm. usually lead with that. And it kind of stops the bigger, the bodily injury liability. Mm -hmm. When someone is like, my back is a little stiff. I didn't go to the doctor. <laughs> okay, well, we can pay out a $2,000 medical benefit to go get that checked out, right? So it kind of is in a way, I mean, it is a medical, but they do lead with that. Okay. But it's just <laughs> something to give that you have available for medical reasons and they usually they lead with medical payments whenever there's a a small injury or anything like that and that's oh, also okay. for yourself and your passengers as well oh okay that helps yes can you talk a little bit about the difference between comprehensive and broad because i think people also look at that as a way to keep yes. their insurance premiums affordable and mm -hmm. i think uh, you might benefit with one better than the other well, you, they both, they mean different things, right? The, so collision is exactly that. If you impact, you hit something. Comprehensive is anything other than a collision. Vandalism, theft, a tree branch falls on your car, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Someone keys your view. That's under your comprehensive coverage. Mm -hmm. Glass breakage. That's why you want to do a zero deductible on your comprehensive whenever there's glass, you want to make sure that there's no deductible for glass, especially places where I live, like Arizona, where there's rocks and they're constantly cracking our windshields. We don't yeah. want to pay 500 or 250 every time we have right. so the zero deductible on glass. So you, it would behoove you if you want to protect your vehicle to have comprehensive and collision, of course. And then if you're just storing a vehicle, of course, the collision, you don't have to have that or the liability, but you would always want to have the comprehensive because that protects it if in case it's stolen mm -hmm. while it's not being driven. So the comprehensive and collision is very important because that's those are both the components that protect the vehicle. Thank you for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. Can we switch to homeowners real quick? Yes. So on a commercial policy um working with the client i realized that um the difference between having an actual cash value versus replacement value 
And it's a huge difference (laughs) between the two. Um, The homeowner's policies, I mean, I don't know if there are any um, providers out there that gives you that option or if on a homeowner it has to be replacement. But can we, if you've ever come across it, and so these are things that you need to look for in your policy. I know things are explained by your agent, but Mm -hmm. after that, I'm sure Nicole will attest you need to read through your policy. And yeah. even if you have to go back to the agent with the policy after you receive it to say, wait, wait, <laughs> explain this because I don't remember you saying this, you know, when we were talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But can you talk to the difference between actual cash value versus replacement right. value Basically, in your homeowner's policy? Yeah, so actual cash value is exactly that. What the, the cash value is at the time of loss. Replacement cost gives you the ability so it... It takes into consideration um, the changes in the economy, how much it's going to cost to re- replace it at that time. Do you know? So because those times it's just not a flat amount. So how much it would cost to bring you back to where you are at that time, not just a stated amount. Mm-hmm. So for instance, sometimes it will be plus 25%. So it would be that dwelling amount that you're covered for. Plus, a, plus an additional additional 25 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, a good number I would say for replacement costs is fifty percent mm. at least, right? So that way, it for inflation, different um, materials, different things that could change in cost, mm-hmm. it will also it will give you that additional coverage in addition to the dwelling amount. So it's always good to to get replacement costs on any policy. Of course, it's lower when you don't, right? Because it's just actual cash right. value. But yeah. every policy really should have replacement cost on it. So for the things that change financially, the cost of materials, the economy, different things that could factor in, um, you want to make sure that you have enough coverage for those things. Okay, I Mm -hmm. I have a a homeowner's question, too. I've seen letters like HO2, HO3, HO4. What does that mean on a policy? Say that again. I've seen uh, on the title of a policy, it will say uh, HO-3, HO-2, What does does that mean? (laughs) Okay, so HO literally Mm -hmm. means homeowner. Right. Mm -hmm. And so each one, there's numbers for Mm -hmm. different ones for us. So and those are just insurance terms. Those are just basically the type of insurance policy. But an HO3 is Mm -hmm. a homeowner's policy. A HO4 is a renter's policy. Oh, and then okay. if you see an HO6, that's a condo policy. Oh. So they have, they're just different forms that we have for the type of uh, policy that you are getting. Um, sometimes you'll see an HO, I think it's, a, oh my goodness, I don't want to, I think it's HO5, and that's the more <laughs> expensive uh, luxury homes. Mm. So they do vary. And then there's just a HO2 policy, which is just a dwelling, po- a fire policy. Okay. So, or it might give me a second. I don't don't quote me on that. <laughs> you can take these out, right? Yes. Yes. No, that's that's what I get for reading everything in the policy. What does that? No, stand please. For? But you should. Do, you should. 
You know you why? Should. Because when yeah. you do that, because we're not all perfect, right? We get lax too, insurance agents. And mm-hmm. so, because we take our test and we don't really go through calling. We know that that's the form that it's on. Right. So those, it's easy for me to spew those out. But um, things like, it, it reminds us, it refreshes us. It keeps us, I love people like you actually. Because <laughs> it keeps me doing my job well so that I can study and know. I, I can look and say, oh wait, you're. I stand to be corrected. Let me go and look and check. And I like doing that. And hopefully, you know, sometimes people, it just depends on the person. They don't mm-hmm. like you to have, they don't like people that make mistakes and they may not be okay with a person like me who's transparent, but I'm going to be transparent with you every time. And I'm going to find the answer. Maybe I didn't mm-hmm. know it right then, but you mm-hmm. can rest assured that I'm not going to pretend that I know, and I'm going to find it, um, mm-hmm. you know, for you. And so basically, um, a H so a HO2 is just basically just named. It's not a, a broad form policy. So there's just, spe- it's covered for specific things mm-hmm. like a fire or earthquake, or, you know, a mm-hmm. flood. Those are things that are specific peril. Got it. It's what HO2 is. So I just wanted to say that. And then the HO5 is a more fancy home, you know, the those homes. So mm-hmm. that would go under there. And then I wanted to cr- go back on the medical payments too. On the medical payments, it can be for the driver as well, their passenger. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's at fault on medical payments mm-hmm. for it to pay out. So okay. If, so for your passenger, if usually the uninsured, underinsured, if that person doesn't have it, then they would just have to go after you for your liability portion because you were found at fault and there was no, it wasn't the other person's fault. But when you have medical payments, no matter who's at fault, those medical payments are available. Mm-hmm. So if there's a way to scratch, because the way I jumbled the first medical payment answer together <laughs> that bothered me and i had to go back and regroup that answer okay so. <laughs> i'll flip it okay all right <laughs> um i want to ask you one more question um about property casualty before we switch to life and that is can you talk about some of the most effective ways to um i guess support your content value yes and at what point i mean obviously you should have your content coverage right to meet or exceed the value meet or exceed the value of your content can you talk about that so it, it should never so insurance should never we don't ever want it to exceed right okay because tech indemnity always to put you where you were never okay. to put mm-hmm. you in a better position or mm-hmm. a work, but just exactly where you were. Is Got it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that's important, and I'm so glad you said that because I wanted to remember this. <laughs> it's very important when you have a homeowner's policy or any, even a renter's policy that's covering your personal belongings or contents that you are getting appraisal for things because they have, if you look at your policy, it's just a blanket amount on a renters. This is how much we pay for this. This is how much we pay for that. Well, if you have a, a ring that's worth $10,000, your renters policy, if it's not scheduled, mm-hmm. it's not going to pay it. It's only going to pay out the max. So it's important that when you have belongings, you have your grandmother's earring. You know, a lot of times we keep things in our family. Mm-hmm. We never go get it appraised. We don't. Mm-hmm. And if something happens, you know, so 
those things to just take time and really pay attention to what you have. And you'd be surprised at what you really have and what you really need to protect just going into like your jewelry or even paintings, firearms, Mm -hmm. those things, they have caps that they pay out. So if you have things that are worth more, it's not a lot to go and get an appraisal so that you have it on file so that if something were to happen, you get what you need to have paid out and not just a blanket, like the cap that they're going to give you for that item, but what it's really worth. So So that's important. So keep it on file or do you need to submit those appraisals to the? You, you submit it because okay. they have to have it in writing. So that's what I mean. Just it's good to go to an appraiser mm-hmm. and just pay the money to get it appraised. Because mm-hmm. guess what? If something happens, you're going to be able to get it back and not have a hassle. And they say, well, you know what? On jewelry, we don't pay more than twenty five hundred. And here you are with a twenty thousand dollar ring. Right. And now you can't even. Uh, so it's important to get things scheduled, even as renters, even as, you know, people don't realize that those things, it's just not people who are well off that needs to protect their things, right. you know, mm-hmm. so. So what I love what we said so far, just in this, in summary of property and casualty or insurance as a whole is about bringing you whole indemnity, yeah. bringing you back to whole. So make sure that as you are making adjustments and I, we know what's going on and people are with the inflation and everything people are trying to figure out the most economic ways to you know mm-hmm. to do things or to have things um and to have their insurance premiums make sure that you're not canceling anything or any provision that will prevent you from being made whole Yes, I think that is I think we could keep repeating that throughout this whole episode. Yeah, everyone. I love how you said that. I love that umbrella policy. I don't think we pay enough attention to that. If you're a homeowner, you have higher liability limits anyway. Uh, Get an umbrella policy that protects you. That gives you additional coverage, just like what you ladies do right on your podcast. If someone came after you for libel or slander because they didn't like what you said, your umbrella policy covers libel and slander. So if a lot of people don't know that, and you, if you have certain limits, anyone can get an umbrella policy for additional coverage for those kind of things. You know, if you're yeah. online or those kind of in this world, everyone's so sue happy. So I just wanted to throw that in there too, that there's other things with our social media, everything on the internet and those things, there's other protections that you can add that protects you from, those mm-hmm. liabilities as well. That's, That's interesting because we've had umbrella policies when we had rental properties. And so we had our umbrella policies so that we could, you know, spread that protection for the Sue Happies. <laughs> you know, we wanted to make sure that we were covered. Mm-hmm. But I never thought about having one, you know, absent those properties. I didn't mm-hmm. think we would really need one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, just to throw one on to what you currently have with your home and your auto, just mm-hmm. will it just throw in one on there just to protect yourself, especially with the kind of work that you're doing? Because, you know, libel, of course, that's anything that's in writing that someone doesn't mm-hmm. like or, mm-hmm. you know, just those things. So it's always good to protect yourself when you're in front of people and doing this kind of work. When I was in corporate, we always required errors and omission insurance from some of the uh, contractors that we worked with. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I would have thought that maybe something like that would have been what we would need, but an umbrella is much cheaper. Right. And it's surprising that it also has that benefit tied without yeah. having to go through it all. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you don't need an E&O policy, this is yeah. just an E&O for everyday people. I guess. Right. Well, no, no, sounds good right. to me. <laughs> I got to write that down. Hubby and I got to talk about that. Is credit, <laughs> credit card insurance and accidental death and dismemberment, is that overkill? In, in, in line with all the other insurances that we have, home, auto, life, mortgage. Yeah, all of, so kind of to answer, like, what do you mean about the credit card insurance? So there often, sometimes when you get a credit card, you could take the option to get credit card insurance, which says that it, if in any event that you can't, you need to read the fine print. But if you become <laughs> ill or... Can't make or, or you can't make your payment that this mm-hmm. credit this insurance will then take over the payment. Um, then you have the accidental death and dismemberment. Well, okay, well, you'll get this amount of money in the event that you get in an accident mm-hmm. <laughs> and these things happen. Again, you have to read the fine print. And then you right. have mortgage insurance in the event that you can't pay your mortgage or yada, 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 read the fine print your mortgage payment will either be covered or they'll take care of the balance. And sometimes I feel that when I see those and I have an understanding of what my home covers, what my life insurance policy covers, as well as what my auto, my property and casualty covers, those three items I just mentioned seem to be overkill. And I think people are lured into um, taking those additional insurance because of, either a scarcity mindset or just that fear that is invoked at the point that it's being sold. I get it. And so that's so, why I was wondering, like, is it, am I right in my thinking that it, that is overkill and that our three main policies should be written to basically take care of all of that? Yeah. I mean, well, in regards to things like the credit card insurance, that is something that deals like with the finance company and something that could really help a person out, I would think, because your other insurances is not going to cover your your bills and your credit card bills if something were to happen, unless it were something that is attached to a life insurance policy that you could take out and borrow against. So there's different, there's no cookie cutter answer for that because it would depend on the person and their life circumstances and mm-hmm. how they are covered. Some people, they don't need that insurance because they do have things that are set up that if even through their job, that will help them with different financial hardships in the event. So it really, it's not a, it's such a, it's a circumstance that just kind of varies from the individual. If you're a person that, you don't have, you kind of work freelance work, you don't have benefits at work, you have a credit card you don't know, then definitely you'd want to get that insurance, that credit card insurance, right? Because you don't have other insurances that could cover that. So like you said, honestly, it goes back to knowing what you have, understanding your policies, and then you will know, well, no, this will cover that. That's too much. Mm -hmm. And your insurance agent, should be able to sit down with you according to what you have and let you know what's covered in there and where they fall into that. Mm-hmm. And then any other, your finances and things like that, that does not have to do with your insurance. That's separate. 
Mm-hmm. It's it just kind of depends on the situation, honestly. I I hate to just dance around no, it, but it, no, you're not. That but that is right. It is true. <laughs> no, and it's right. It's right. It's no cookie cut answer. I mean, because everybody's situation is different, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you recognizing that is it is not just a blanket answer. Right. It is based upon your individual needs. So it is. And and just to add to that, I've had these situations. I've always felt that life insurance would cover clearing out a mortgage if that was if I had a mortgage. If you have there. enough coverage. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, got enough coverage. Mm-hmm. And also with respect to not credit card, but an auto loan. I have friends who have taken out that extra coverage and got hurt on the job and were not able to make their payments. And so that coverage stepped right in and to some degree carried all of the payments for several months. So it was beneficial. So it could be beneficial, I think, to some and not mm-hmm. necessarily to others. So now, can we just kill the argument between term and whole life insurance? <laughs> I mean, can we just like kill that argument? And yes, can we just say that the reasons why we can kill that argument that that they should not be fighting, they should be friends. (laughs) They should be be friends. They should hold hands. (laughs) Right. Because it kind of went to what Willow was saying that had to do with the home, like the mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you have a whole life insurance policy that has cash value, a term life insurance policy, it terms out at a certain amount of years, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lower, lower premium and it has it has no cash benefit mm-hmm. except in the event of a loss, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no cash benefit in term life insurance. What that does for you is say you get one for 25 years, a mortgage is usually about 30 Mm-hmm. years or so and something they have 30 year term life policies mm-hmm. well if you have that and something were to happen that term life policy would be able to pay for your mortgage and those things right because it's a it's a nut so a lot of times a mortgage policy is a term life policy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so with that, the whole life, the, the whole life policy has cash value. Mm-hmm. And then there's your universal life that I feel that we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. And that basically gives you the ability to increase the value of the policy by it being attached to a portfolio. And it's like an investment account that's attached to your life insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And life insurance is not death insurance. It's literally called life insurance, <laughs> which means there are benefits while you're alive. That's extremely important. So I feel that we should kill that whole. It's not death insurance. <laughs> and that's how it's approached. And right. I feel that we need to think of looking at it a different way. Mm-hmm. But going back to that with kill, there's no cash value in a term life insurance. Right. It does, it turns out with whole life, it's usually until the rest of your life or it mm-hmm. at when you meet that mortality table. Right. That day, but, and then it, it will cash out at mm-hmm. that point. Is how yeah. it works. It's usually like a hundred years old and then they, it will cash out. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I think that 
obviously I've, I, you know, I'm aware of the agreement, if you will, of those who fully and wholeheartedly support term. And then those who fully wholeheartedly support whole life, whole life. I believe that I'm a, I'm in between. I don't dislike one. I don't place one over the other or dislike one above the other. I think they have purpose in your life. It's back to what you said. It's not a cookie cutter answer, mm-hmm. but it has a place in your life, depending upon what it, where you are, what you do, your stage of life and what you need to be made whole. Can we not yeah. forget that? What do you need to be made whole? So if you need, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you need more coverage for your death benefit, and I know what you're saying, don't think of it as just death, but in the event of death, so that you aren't having to do a GoFundMe or, and there's something that they do, and I'm in Arizona, I see people literally actually standing on the corners asking people in their cars, from their cars, from funds. To, car washes to to for funeral expenses mm-hmm. i've never seen that until i came oh, to arizona wow. oh wow really but yeah because yeah but but it's the same as a gofundme but you're just outside yeah. with a sign saying we're raising money for to memorialize this person well, but it's panhandling it's not <laughs> it is panhandling it is panhandling but but the point that i'm making is i just think that i People say that life insurance is too expensive for me right now because if you've only been approached by maybe say just a whole life, it could be more expensive for you to get what you need to replace your income, to pay off your mortgage, to pay off your debt, to to consider all of those things that the life insurance needs to cover. It may be that might be too expensive. So why don't you get a term policy? And then when the term policy becomes too expensive, because that happens as it grows, right? You've paid down these things and now you can get, I don't know, but I'm just saying there's a way, there's a way and a plan that you can utilize all the financial services that are available to you, the different types of Mm -hmm. insurances, um, depending upon where you are in your life. But at the end of the day, don't just say, I don't have insurance. I don't have life insurance because my job doesn't offer it or it's too expensive. There's a way around it. There's a work around it. Yes. Well, you want to get the, the insurance through your job. Absolutely. But I, when I'm speaking to people and they're like, I have it through my job. And when that, when you don't work there anymore, you don't have that policy anymore. Absolutely. Right? And so I think it's important to have insurance outside of work. Mm-hmm. I think that you need to have a whole life policy if you're able to get one at the time if you didn't wait until it was too late to afford something with cash value Mm -hmm. i think but even having a small one right and a term life policy because you're right as you get older the the older you get the more expensive those term life policies are going to become now you've had it for 25 now you have to be qualified again medically now you usually when with age you have more things going on yeah so, you know, the the cost for a burial is about $7,000, right? So honestly, you don't have to have, if you get started later in life with the insurance, getting your life insurance and those things in order, you don't necessarily have to try to get a $100,000 policy, right? You just need what it was going to be able to bury you. You have a term life insurance that has a higher benefit for lower and it does term out so that if within that window 
something were to happen, your home is paid off. You know, those other expenses are paid off because the term life benefit is usually a lot higher than what you can afford mm-hmm. at that point with a whole life or what you can qualify for mm-hmm. according to your age. So to me, I feel that whole life and term life, they kind of are, are a happy marriage. They work and together. They work together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about that that you haven't mentioned that you want to share with the listeners? I just, it's not just for the wealthy or the affluent. <laughs> Insurance is to protect you for what is important to you and what that looks like for you. And everybody needs insurance. Everybody. Well, our last question that we always <laughs> ask our guests when they visit us on the Abundant Living Podcast, how do you define abundant living? Ooh. Abundant, how I would define it. I would define abundant living as fulfillment what it's so unique because i think for me abundance would be health it would be provision and it would be i don't want to say overflow i don't want to sound like i'm being all churchy but enough this is a faith-filled podcast you can can sound as churchy as you want to be authentic enough to pour over Overflow. I think of abundance with overflow because when you're abundant, I think it kind of just trickles over to other people. Mm -hmm. And that abundance can be in your, like I said, in your health, uh, in your finances, in your relationships. When you have all of those things that you feel fulfillment in, I -hmm. think it's abundant. I love it. Nicole, the insurance diva, how can people get in touch with you, ask you more questions, reach out to you, or or let us know what else you've got going on? Yes. So if you want to follow me on TikTok, (laughs) you can go to insurance diva on TikTok. On Facebook, I am Nicole Lamar Allstate. Also, you can reach me on my phone. I'm in Arizona, so if you're in Arizona, you have any family members or anyone that you'd like me just to talk to, it's 480-735-5934. Thank you so much, Nicole. We've enjoyed our time with you. You have given us so many tips and so many clarifications of things that we we have policies and sometimes we don't have a full understanding, but you've made a lot of things very clear specifically with auto and homeowners. So we just thank you so much. For our listeners, we truly hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And remember, we are your financial auntie and your big sister. Our end goal for you is always financial transformation, financial success, and fulfillment and wealth on your terms. We've had a great time. We pray that we've shared in this episode will help you manage your money confidently and build wealth intentionally. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.